Welcome to the Open Doors podcast. It's been a while since we posted anything, um, but we're going to try to get back to it. And this week it is a sermon from past Sunday um, on Romans chapter 12, uh, right at the beginning of chapter 12. We go through about the first eight verses, I think. Um, I think you'll like this one. And uh, musically, we have some new music out there. Our band Project 68 released this music this year. You can check that out. Um, we'll play maybe play this song through at the end. Um, hope you enjoy it all. around perfectionism. I wonder, you don't have to raise your hand, but are you in any way, shape, or form a perfectionist? So you want to be so perfect about how you answer this that you do raise your hand, even though I said you didn't have to. <laughs> perfectionist. <laughs> I think, I actually think many of us, if not most of us, have some perfectionism built into who we are and how we function in the world. I know my wife has that. I know I have that, and yet they're in very, very different ways. There's a lot of different ways to be a perfectionist. So my quest for perfection is around idealism and like in theory um, big picture and Alyssa's is around detail and quality two very different ways to uh, to be a perfectionist um, there's a writer named Catherine Morgan Schaffler um, and her book is called the Perfectionist's Guide to Losing Control, which is like the absolute worst thing to imagine losing control in the area of life that you are a perfectionist. The Perfectionist's Guide to Losing Control. And in the book, she has five different types of perfectionists. Five different ways that you can be a perfectionist. And they're, they're all very different uh, as you read them. I haven't read the book yet. But I was kind of reading through her website this week. And um, there's a test on the website. So I did her little, uh, probably like 10 minute test. And sure enough, I was 72%, uh, no, you're gonna laugh at what her name is, I didn't tell Alyssa this. 72% messy perfectionist. It's a type that strives for idealistic pursuits, creative ideas, new ideas, and struggles with follow-through and details. Um, so sometimes I think if I could just get those things right, the, the things that I'm a perfectionist about, if I could get those things right, I would be what we all as perfectionists want to be, more perfect. Like, the world would be a better place. My life would be just as I dream it could be. 
and, and yet it is impossible to be perfect in any way. I could reach my goals if I could, could just figure out that perfectionism. So I bet you're somewhat of a perfectionist too in one way or another. So I wonder if we could truly be perfect. If we could succeed in being perfect. Would we reach the kind of perfection that we think God wants us to be? I think for us in the church, a lot of our perfectionism is built into our desire to reach this imaginary sinlessness and like best version of ourselves. Right? Our scripture today, um, it starts in a way that a lot of, when we read Paul's letters, a lot of sections start that we just jump right into. It starts with a therefore clause, phrase right there. So it's therefore. Our scripture starts like that. You can imagine, I bet, opening a book to like the middle of a chapter. Is Jonathan here today? Jonathan, are your books meant to be like, just open it up and start right where you wrote the word, therefore? No. Definitely not. <laughs> so, any of you writers, you never want somebody to start in the middle of a thought. Like, you build this argument and say, therefore, and yet in the church sometimes, that's when we start reading yes. our scriptures. And we're, we don't even pay attention to what came before. So, can you imagine... Uh, Harry Potter starting like that, or any of those books. No, of course not. Therefore is not the place to start. So let's look back in Romans chapter 11. We're not going to read it all, but what's happening in Romans chapter 11 before we get into chapter 12? That leads to, really, chapter 12 is one of my favorite portions of, of what Paul writes. Romans chapter 11 lays out the ways that through God's mercy, the Hebrew people will be saved. Through God's mercy, all people will be saved. Paul implies that throughout the, the, the failure of the Jewish people to follow the law perfectly, they, they just fail at doing that over and over again. And because of that failure, Paul says, the Gentiles can be brought in to the mercy of God. Paul implies throughout the chapter, chapter 11, that without, here we go, our imperfections and our failures, without those things, none of us would know the mercy of God. None of us would know salvation if we somehow reached uh, a humanist, Perfection. Paul claims that it's only through our failure that God's salvation and mercy can be revealed. In uh, verse 9 of chapter 11, Paul says, or no, I'm sorry, this is verse 30 of chapter 11. Uh, Paul says, Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of of their disobedience, so they too have now become disobedient in order 
that they too may know, may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. Throughout church history, there's been a very paradoxical way of thinking about original sin, the idea that all humanity is in this thing we call sin, or a failure to be, um, to be perfect. There's, there's a paradox in this idea of original sin. There's a Latin phrase, it's Felix, Felix, you're here today. Do you know what your first name means? It, yes, in Latin, Felix. So, there's a Latin phrase, Felix culpa, and maybe you've heard that, we've talked about it before in the past. Felix culpa, happy fault. Happy fault. And this, so this phrase was first used um, to our knowledge by St. Ambrose in the 4th century CE. And Ambrose was the teacher of St. Augustine. And St. Augustine is like probably one of the top five theological minds of the early church um, where much Catholic and Protestant theology comes from. So Ambrose... Uh, taught this to Augustine. It was a it was a part of the church. It was it was Felix culpa, happy fault. The idea that without our sin we we wouldn't know the mercy of God. The idea here is that without Adam and Eve's mistake, we could not have experienced God's mercy and salvation. Without our personal imperfections, we would not know God's mercy. Oh, happy fault. Ambrose wrote, Oh, happy fault, Felix Kulpa. Thank you, God, for the sin of Adam that we might know your mercy. So the idea is that being saved by God is better than not needing to be saved in the first place. I mean, not something that we think about much in the church today. I don't know, let that sink in a little bit. It's a paradox, because of course sin is not a good thing. And yet without it, we would not know the mercy of God. So by the mercies of God, what, what, that's what Paul is talking about in Romans 12. Uh, at the beginning of our passage, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, which we kind of skim over because we weren't thinking about the therefore statement. By the mercies of God, we all need mercy. Whether you fully get the Felix Kulpa theology and idea, we can all agree that God's mercy is an absolute need for us to be forgiven, to be invited into relationship with God. God doesn't want perfection. Verse 32 again said, For God has bound everyone over to disobedience or imperfection. All of us, every one of us, have failed. So that God may have mercy on all of us. Interesting that it's not a therefore statement. It's a so that. 
We're imperfect human beings, therefore, we can receive the amazing gift of God's mercy. So Paul says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. To offer your bodies, all of who you are, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Because of God's mercy, we can do this. We can be in constant worship of God because of God's mercy, because we have been invited into this relationship with God. Not because we became perfect, but because of God's mercy. I've always loved Eugene Peterson's version of, it's one of my favorite Eugene Peterson uh, verses in his uh, version of, uh, or translation of the Bible called The Message. Eugene Peterson says, take your everyday ordinary life, your eating, sleeping, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Paul is saying that our response to God's love and mercy, that love for us, should be to give all of who we are back to God. Even the mundane, maybe especially the mundane, everyday parts of our lives. Paul then goes on to say that it is through our everyday lives that we can live counterculturally in this world. Through our everyday lives. Peterson then, then says, through this translation, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Do you hear that? Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture, everything around us, consumerism, um, everything in our culture. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that we don't think about it. Instead, fix your attention on God, and you'll be changed from the inside out. This is living in the way of Jesus, finding simplicity in response to God's mercy in our lives. Everything is in response to God's doing. God is the starting point. God's mercy. Therefore, we can give back. We can have simplicity. We can be changed from the inside out, not by our own work, not by our own perfection, but by God's mercy. This is our spiritual act of worship, Paul says. Our everyday, ordinary life becomes our worship, which becomes also how we live differently as followers of Jesus in a culture that so desperately needs to know how to live differently. So God doesn't require perfection from any of us. God doesn't require something impossible, unrealistic from you. The prophet Micah talks about what God does require, and we remember it's justice, right? To do justice, to love mercy, which we're talking about. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. These are all ways of living faithfully in our everyday life, like Paul's talking about. My question, though, is, 
Do you love the mercy of God? Do you cherish and dwell upon God's mercy? Do you walk humbly with God, giving God your everyday, ordinary life? Do you want to do that more? It's not about finding perfection. It's about loving God's mercy. And allowing it in. Allowing God to be the change agent. Not by trying to be good, but by doing justice in a countercultural way that is a witness in the world. The second half of our scripture then goes on. Um, it is all about that the unity. We've been thinking kind of individually about this. Like, I want this mercy in me. Uh, I want to be changed from the inside out. But Paul immediately goes into unity in the body of Christ. All of us together being the body of Christ. It's our spiritual act of worship through our bodies, through who we are as individuals, that immediately draws us into community. Through the body of Christ, we recognize our failures and our gifts, our weaknesses, and that's what Paul's talking about um, throughout, throughout this passage, that without the body, all of our imperfections are still there. They just are who we are in some ways, not even necessarily sinful, but when we come together, we find wholeness. And the body is united. Through the body of Christ, we recognize our failures and our gifts and our weaknesses, our strengths. We recognize our role in the body of Christ. Not only do we give our physical bodies that God has given us as individuals, but the whole of who we are as a community. As the body of Christ, our countercultural lifestyle then becomes our worship and our missional witness in the world. And if you haven't noticed, the world needs people of faith living differently and inviting the rest of the world into it, bringing all of the goodness that God desires for us into how we live. Perfectionism, it can be a gift, and it can be a curse. It is both good and bad, depending on how well we know kind of who we are and how we understand ourselves. I think perfectionism, uh, for many of us, can be a superpower. And I think it can also be the... Uh, the pathology in our lives that make us really unhappy. So I'm not speaking for it. If you have perfectionist tendencies, good. Be really good in the ways that God has created you to be really good. And know that. And learn to let go when you need to let go of that perfectionism. Because God's not judging you. In light of God's mercy in our lives, we can live fully into who we are and what God has blessed us to do in this world. In light of God's mercy, our perfectionism and 
all our other struggles in life can be given to God. And God holds those things gently. God brings redemption and restoration. Our simple pursuit of Jesus' way, walking humbly with God, our simple pursuit of the way of Jesus becomes the countercultural witness in the world that the world so greatly needs. Even our everyday, ordinary life, your fill in the blank, going to school, okay, help me out, your ordinary life, even your walking the dog, walking the dog. Laundry. laundry, morning coffee, going to the gym, going to the gym. Eating breakfast, how we eat. Meeting people. What was that? Meeting people. Meeting people. New kids at school. New co workers. Bike riding. Sitting at our desk working. Taking care of our kids. Changing diapers. Doing homework. Helping our kids with homework. Take your everyday. Ordinary life, you're eating, sleeping, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. This is your spiritual act of worship. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Um, we will be trying to get these out weekly. Uh, might miss some weeks, like next week, we're not going to have a sermon in worship because we're worshiping at Garfield Community Farm, um, just up the hill from the Neighborhood Academy. That's where we normally worship, at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. Join us this week at the farm or any following week at the Neighborhood Academy. We would love to see you. Everyone is welcome. Um, we're, we're gonna let, I'm going to let this song play out. This is a song called Lifted from our new album called Songs for the Rest of Us by Project 68.
king. 